Today's guest is Ankush Kera, co-founder of Jungly Games. But he's also, more than anything, an investor now. And we essentially covered a wide range of topics discussing entrepreneurship, investment, technology. We got a chance to dive into his journey across the board because that's what we do on this show, right? But we also started talking about the emphasis of backing good people when it comes to his stance on investing. And this is unique because he also admits that in the past, there were certain criteria he was looking for and very profit-focused in terms of his motives for investing and the whole unique problem-solving. But over time, as he reached escape velocity from being a founder operator, uh, he started to see the importance of backing good people and keeping them busy. And really, you're looking at a conversation that lies before you that sort of reminds you of why you do what you do in entrepreneurship. Because at some point, it's got to be about more than just the money for it to work. And this conversation will remind you of that. Towards the end, sure, we start talking about, you know, some emerging technologies, uh, some technologies that are no longer emergent, like Web3 per se, right? And sort of the stance on that and even large language models, AI, things of that nature. But that's very, very tangential and towards the end. The bulk of this conversation is going to be the philosophy behind entrepreneurship, investing, and that unique crossroad that Ankush gets to live where he gets to be both. And whether or not he still wants to be founding businesses versus investing in businesses. Without further ado, Ankush Kera. Ankush, man, I am so grateful to have you here today because very, very few opportunities to talk to someone that has worked in as many different companies as you have, investing and like balancing that with entrepreneurship. And we, we were talking about this and you mentioned, you know, there's very few people you've come across and this has some weight to it when you say it based on how many companies you're involved in. So before we dive directly into that, I want to put that cherry there for people to, to start the conversation. Let's backtrack a little bit and let me ask you something that I'm always curious about with every entrepreneur I meet. What was your first sort of interaction as far back as you can remember with like business and, and like how you saw that? Was it lemonade stand or was it watching your parents make a move like in business or was it some kind of mentor in school or how did that, how did that first start for you germinate? I think it wasn't conscious at the time, but I'm sure now, now it feels like I had, have a distinct memory of it, but at the time, probably not. I think I was seeing my dad who once upon a time used to work for the government, very sort of middle-class, uh, nine-to-five, trying to build a good life for him, himself and his, his family. And I think he started getting into business. So at an early age, I think I was 10 or 12 years old, I saw him go through multiple waves of first trying to build an exports business. So at one point, our home had Kodak film rolls that he was exporting. That, this is like you know, 30 years ago, exporting those to, I think, Moscow and Dubai, uh, and then exporting some leather bags. So he got into that. He was also, a, this is before banks could give you easy loans to finance vehicles. So he would be, a, he was kind of a private lender for people to be able to buy a car or a, a motorcycle. 
So that was the other one. And I think the last sort of where he got into retirement and the third thing I saw him is kind of invest in real estate. Uh, and, and so I saw him build these three businesses, build a great sort of life for me as, as a child himself and as his family. That was probably the first taste. Uh, but, you know, I was, a, I was a kid. So just like, it's, not, it's not like at that time in real time, it was registering that I want to go and build uh, businesses in my life. But that was definitely the first sort of uh, uh, experience uh, with my own dad. Uh, but the real experiences started, I think, when I was in, in, in college. Uh, I could have taken the path of joining a family business, doing what he was doing, working with him. But you kind of want to be your own man. So I think that's what I told myself and, and uh, didn't really get too many jobs. But in college, I started doing some, some odd stuff. So I, like, I think the first time I got paid was to distribute flyers for my aunt who was doing real estate in the East Bay. Right. And I just remember getting paid for that and tasting what it's like to, to sort of earn your own money. Um, just odd jobs. I never really held like a proper job after college, but college, I, I definitely had one or two things that gave me exposure. I joined this one construction business that went from zero to 60 employees and then bankruptcy all in 11 months. Wow. And um, I ended up, they, they, they started, I kind of came in as this web admin EA in college, going to school three days a week, working there two days a week, saw at the time the CEO would make a lot of mistakes. He was an engineer who clearly at that time wasn't ready to build a business. But when they shut shop, we came back and here I was, I think 19 or 19 and a half years old as the vice president after they went through bankruptcy as a vice president of a two person company that I then helped scale. That was a lovely experience. And that kind of set me for success uh, moving forward. And, and ever since then I graduated, started my first business and looked back. Wow. To bust your chops and really break them in on a construction style <laughs> business is crazy because even today, they're still stuck in like the 80s in a lot of ways. I've been able to interview a few companies that are trying to change that, but it's hard, you know, and the, the population is aging out. So you must, you, you basically chose one of the hardest businesses to try to learn right on, man. Respect. Uh, and thank you for being so open about sort of the, the genesis, the background and keeping it real with like, I mean, you know, I saw it around, but I didn't really start until, you know, I got into college and this and that. And I think there was a cool qualifier there of you wanting to be your own person uh you often come across entrepreneurs who just are individuals by nature the ones who, who are like truly succeeding they just tend to be very individualistic but it's that capacity that allows them to then become leaders into brave paths that aren't necessarily crafted or created yet so that's great so now that we have that tabled there uh you've been able to start i mean we can list off the stats, right? But like 150 plus stage agnostic deals, right? 20 plus funds, you know, you build jungly games and $3.5 billion and Monsoon company acquired by Capital One. I mean, the list goes on, right? We could just list the accolades, right? So from there, all the way to where you are today, across the board, you've been able to focus on not only running a company, right? Uh, or more than one, but also being able to invest in many. 
Where did this come from? Did you always know you wanted to be more than just uh, an operator, owner, operator of a company and launching a product and like just investing? Is it because do you think you can tie it back to sort of the loaning and lending that your father was doing? Or is there something else? Because being an individualistic person and wanting to be your own man, I, I feel like there was a whole different motivation there. I think it was part of the reason was, of course, like in my 20s, it was an opportunity to say, figure out how do you generate and create passive wealth Uh, combined with the ability to being a founder and having, you know, sort of found success that came on the back of a lot of hard work. I felt like I had the lens. I still feel like I have the lens to deeply connect with other founders, right? Not just and like, I, I love sharing this, that I'd rather, I'd ra- when you're investing and you're investing in 100, 150 deals that I've done by now in the last 10 years, you are going to lose money uh, on, on many of those investments, right? Some will be write-offs. And the, if you're backing up a solid human being that is trying to just do good work for himself or herself, and they're trying to build this unique business, employ people. Uh, just have purpose in life that they want to, they want to do something outside of just kind of putting on a suit and tie and, and going to work every day. Even if you do lose money, like you'd rather lose money and, and sort of write off an investment that you use to back up a good solid human being. Right. Um, so I think for me, it, it definitely stemmed from two aspects. One was trying to create passive wealth. The other one was just having fun. Like, I think investing is actually a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, I have, I, have, I have an incredible, I've had an incredible journey. I'm a very, I consider myself very lucky, very fortunate um, that I've found success in the two businesses that I started. And each one seems to sort of one up the last one. So I've had a lot of fun with that. I've had a lot of fun being an operator. Uh, but I think I've had an equal amount of fun just making these, meeting these wonderful human beings who are, who many of them have become close friends, we're trying to do the same thing. And I find myself in that unique position to have sort of the capital and I can act like my own family office and not have an LPGP structure and deal with the mechanics and the nuances of managing someone else's uh, uh, investment portfolio. So I think it stems from having fun, having being a founder and just trying to see what we can do as a collective and not just, just me individually being an operator in my capacity. I mean, I have a lot of respect for that kind of uh, control and uh, uh, ownership of what you're doing and, and how much you're changing in the world and influencing and supporting. Uh, that's a super cool place to come from when it comes to investing. And obviously, you know, I'm sure you're also curious to make sure that there are good problems or interesting problems that are attempting to be solved, right? This, the things of that nature. That's just part, part of the course with uh, being an, uh, an investor in things. Uh, I'm actually, I feel like you're uniquely qualified to answer a question like this too, given that, that kind of dominion you have over things. And that is, how do you... What's your process, if I may ask, you know, and you can totally skip this, but what's your process in determining, like, is this an interesting problem? What does it look like? Do you write it down on a piece of paper? Do you have a conversation back and forth over a couple of lunches, Zoom calls? How do you define a problem that needs to be solved today? I'd say that not everything, sometimes, you know, founders are trying to solve problems that 
don't really exist as problems as the word we use in, in terms of a problem that exists. So for me, it's not so much what is the problem that trying is trying to be solved and is it so deeply unique uh, that this will take this business to the moon. A lot of times, a lot of times I have invested because I'm knowing very well that this is not venture style returns, but this is just an outstanding team. And, and to be clear, this is a more recent shift, right? I think in my 20s and 30s, the only criteria in mind was what will generate a high return on investment. That's kind of the only criteria to be candid. That's changed now, right? Like now there's like an asymmetric uh, amount of weight that I put onto companies with a purpose. Um, I also joke, you know, uh, my own shareholders, my peers, my business partners, my employees have told me that our companies are with a purpose. But, you know, I look at the work I've done, built one software company and one, one gaming business. I mean, is it really like, what is it, what is it done for the world, right? So I think it probably comes from a, a void I feel in my personal life that I never got to build, you know, when you hear about what... And people have different views about what Lyft and Uber were able to do or what, uh, you know, this company that a buddy of mine is, is, is just kind of been heavily involved in called Devoted Health. Like, what are these companies able to do? And it's so unique and it's so beautiful and so wonderful. And I think I deeply feel a sense of void that I never got to build those companies and that was a pure accident. If I had a do-over, I don't, I don't think I want to be an operator anymore, but if I had a do-over, I would definitely find a business that serves a greater purpose uh, and generates immense returns for all key stakeholders, shareholders, investors, employees, everyone involved, but has that. Because I didn't get to do it, I think now I put a lot of weight into that. Five or six years ago, I probably didn't. Uh, but now I just love... I just love you know, supporting companies. And frankly, a lot of times they don't need my capital, right? I'm a retail small sort of investor. There's all the Sequoias and Andreessen's are chasing these companies anyway. But to me, and sometimes you have to pull favors to, to invest in these businesses, but I just love the fact that I have a, a, a really strong network of friends who are these humans that run and lead and invest and co-create some of these businesses. So I love to get the opportunity to play a small part in that. Um, to answer your other question on, is there a certain criteria? I think purpose, like I said, has become a criteria. It wasn't four or five years ago. The criteria that was always there is just the founders. I think, uh, you know, I've probably hired and fired maybe 2,000 people in the last 20 years uh, across the two businesses I built. So when you've, when you've dealt with that many unique personalities, and if you're fairly hands-on, I think the one thing I've always been hands-on is hiring talent. If you've been fairly hands-on and you've seen that unique of a mix, and my wife hates it when I sort of use this reference, but when you've seen that unique of a mix that you just have such a large cohort of human personalities, right? That allows you like within five minutes of a conversation, a lot of people think they can see through people, but I truly feel I can. Uh, and that only came because I had to go through the pain of hiring that many people in life and, and sometimes letting them go. So for me, the one common trait that existed since the first time I, I invested was just like, who's behind this business? What are they trying to build? Uh, 
And many a times I didn't invest in an opportunity because I just didn't feel the, the people who were running it. I just felt that they, were, they were doing it for the wrong reasons or just didn't, maybe they weren't, but just didn't align with me personally. And those were some massively uh, high return investments that I, that I just couldn't come to terms with. So the founders, mind, heart, soul, what they're able to do, it just, it just really important. Uh, it's just really important. Uh, and I think that's, that's a trait I always look for. Yeah, I, I really love the emphasis you've placed on people in the work that you've been doing and how it transitioned, but how you grew into that and how you really place that as an important uh, factor, feature to be looking for in things. And just from what I heard, also keeping good people busy working just in general, because you know that you keep those people on problems long enough, eventually one of those is going to be something amazing because by nature, by default, they are amazing people. And I don't think I've heard, I've heard that said in a conversation explicitly. Uh, someone may unintentionally land on the same effort, but your intentionality behind that effort, I think is what's most commendable about that. And to be fair, you are right. Like you get a couple thousand, you know, two, three thousand people in your data set as a human being experiences, you start to be able to see patterns. I and mean, that's part of being human, right? And we're computers in our own way. And so I think that's a sizable data set to be able to make you a decent judge of character. 100%, man. Uh, what a fascinating approach to business because it shows a growth that maybe other people just never get past, which is only business. And like you said, you have the freedom, the wiggle room, the agency to be able to do these things, right? Uh, not everyone gets to play life on their own terms. What challenges come when you have that kind of influence, that kind of freedom? How do you rein yourself in? Because I imagine at that point, when you've got that kind of agency, you got to have other problems, good problems, but other problems that many other people don't seem to have and fail to be able to understand because the grass is always greener on the other side, right? Do you feel that there are some problems that maybe other entrepreneurs who aren't playing both sides of being an entrepreneur and an investor just don't seem to understand about your position? Yeah, I'll answer that, but also say that it wasn't, it didn't come easy, right? Like I had to pay my dues and blood, sweat and tears to be in this position. And I've only been in this position for maybe four or five, six years, right? That um, before then I was just equally stressed as a founder trying to find a business that hits that escape velocity that becomes large enough that it allows me to, to have the freedom uh, to play. Um, I think, look, th there are, there's definitely other entrepreneurs who, who invest in companies, L lots of them, in fact, right? Uh, many, many much more wiser and more successful than, than I am. Uh, it's incredibly difficult when you're trying to build a business to then, and to some extent, distract yourself and derail your focus to then start looking at other opportunities even if you had the capital to do it. So most of the time, I think that's one issue that you're just busy building your own business. So you don't have the time or the capital to, to do this. Um, I've only gotten there recently. I don't think when someone else who is not there, you know, sort of looks through and, and sees me in a position to do this, 
thinks of sort of a void. I think it's a natural, it's a, it's kind of a natural evolution. There's either builders, as I like to call them, and creators that love building. And I used to be in that mindset that my focus was building. I think once you've done two or three, there's definitely people that don't stop. There's there's people you and I both know that just will never stop. They'll always keep building. And and I've heard from from many of those close to me when I've shared this that I think I'm done building my own and I want to just support those who are building theirs. Um, I also, but to be fair, I haven't had that. It's been 45 almost, uh, 25 years I've been on the treadmill. I haven't taken the sabbatical. I haven't taken the month off or the six months off. Uh, each one of those thousands of employees have, I haven't. So I actually don't know. Right now, my lens is, it is just so incredibly challenging to build a startup to success. I'm so fortunate I got to do it twice and maybe three times courtesy of, of business partners who are now running a, a business we co-founded. I just don't feel like I have, I have it in me to do it all over again from the ground up, right? It's, just, it's also neglecting other areas of life uh, that I did for, for family, time, friends, health, things I enjoy doing, being in the water, just all of that was kind of neglected to, to, to build these companies into success. I finally feel I can breathe uh, and I can use my, my brain cells and the little bit of wisdom I've gathered in life to support other founders. So I don't necessarily have the urge to build but you never know. I think in, in when I do get to take that sabbatical, maybe the itch comes back and I go back and this time I find something with like an amazing purpose and I, I end up going back to building. But uh, that's kind of where I'm at in life. I don't know if that answers your question. I went on a tangent, but... No, I, thank you for keeping it all the way real. You know, I've interviewed enough people to have heard this as a pattern and that is from successful people that the best business decision they ever made was the partner they chose. You know, because they were understanding and not business partner. I mean, like life partner, right? Because they understood uh, what was happening in life, what stage their partner was at, things of that nature. And I have friends who are out there operating right now. And yeah, they just every day they pass on being able to date somebody or be with somebody and, and share that part of life because they're just busy, sometimes sleeping in the office. You know, you, you know, the lifestyle, man, it, it, it's it's a it's a real grind. And among many sacrifices, like you said, uh, be in the water, right? Some people don't even take walks in the park in the middle of the day. They, they wake up, they sit in front of their device and jump on calls all day, you know, do whatever they do. And then they look up and it's nighttime and they get some rest and it's, it can't be good for health, you know, and it usually never is. And at some point I totally understand the, um, the, the need and the want to evolve past that. And you're right, some people just love it. Some people will make a great exit and immediately put themselves on to something again from the giant. And they know that it's a crazy idea, but they can't help it. So to have that gamut, uh, to have that spectrum of personality and to see where you are on that is super exciting, especially knowing where your heart is at. And I have heard people say that the only way to grow after a certain level is to help others grow. And it's really cool to see that you're there now and that that's where you want to be because without people of your kind, of your, of your, of your stature, of your heart and soul, 
where would all these other people who don't know how to allocate capital and distribute capital, right? And be that person, where would all these people with the jobs and, you know, they're great and talented, but there's a, there's a certain function, a certain feature that is absolutely essential to create that, if you will, a nucleus that helps create all those things. And that's just the power of entrepreneurship as a whole. So again, thank you for being able to contribute to the ecosystem as a whole and tangentially create those waves that make everyone's lives better every single day, man. I mean, it, it, entrepreneurship is no joke and you can just hear it in the journey. You know, so I want to roll out the red carpet for you, man. What do you want people to know about what you're currently working on that you want them to check out or should they follow you on any particular social channels? It's all you, man. Yeah, it's very sweet of you. And uh, just to, I don't know if it's a wave or just a drop in the ocean, but, you know, trying to do my part to help. But yeah, there's, there's lots of people with bigger forces that are trying to support and create. Just, I think this is, to me, feels like the, the, the most incredible, coolest decade of what's going to come out of it. Um, for me personally, uh, I, you know, I'm the worst person when it comes to social media or PR. I've been very intentional. I don't know, it was four, again, maybe coincides with everything else that I've said in life is four or five years ago, I went off of mostly all social platforms. If I have them, it's a one-way relationship where I'll check in every now and then to see if I can keep up with the news, at least on Twitter and <laughs> else. Uh, uh, so I'm, I'm not really present. I don't do, I haven't done, I mean, I don't even do podcasts or interviews, but this is, this is a, a special one. You're a special human being and, and, you know, I've seen some of your work. So, uh, no, I think in terms of what I'm working on, uh, just if there's incredible opportunities and you're looking to raise capital, especially if it's at the seed or an A stage and or you are in a tough spot as a founder, no matter what stage you're in. Because I could tell you from personal experience that you could be running a, a one, two, three, ten billion dollar business. You will have incredibly difficult days. Uh, and if you just need a sounding board, uh, you know, I, I will do my best to accommodate founders who are just who are, who are running into a tough spot uh, while they're building their business. Uh, for me, just, I'm always on the lookout for interesting people, interesting opportunities. Um, yeah, if there's if any if if you're raising capital, I'd love to hear about the company. Uh, but personally, I'm trying to do outside of the business I still uh, run. I'm trying to do less and less. And, and focus on the little bit of time I get on investing in other companies, like I said earlier. So not, no, nothing, no glorified, no glorious AI project or uh, anything else that I, I could sort of share and pitch and, and use this platform to recruit and attract talent for yet. But, you know, if there is in the near future, I'll, I'll be happy to share. I'm glad you brought that up because I, I was debating whether or not to keep the conversation going just for that portion, because you know, the time is right now. And like you were saying, there are some amazing and interesting things happening. I, I remember just like yesterday where you couldn't walk uh, an inch without running into some Web3 platform that was being launched. And, you know, to be fair, blockchain is an incredible technology and what people are doing with it is exciting. I've seen gaming platforms that are 
really making an effort to to create use cases and, and get people involved in Web3, right? But then out of nowhere, AI hits, right? Large language models, vision models, and it just you whisper, you start seeing all of this hit all of a sudden. I, and I imagine for an, any investor, you're looking at this and going, all right, here's the next wave. What are you going to do? Where do you stand on on all that right now? I mean, I think, you know, to me, it's funny. I, I, I now go back to an a interview or a podcast I did when I was asked around NFT startups. And my answer was most of them are going to die this year. And, and when I said it, I was like, you know, when you make a prediction and you're not, you know, you're not an expert at anything, nobody really knows what's going to happen in the future. Nobody has a crystal ball. But I was definitely like, should I be publicly speaking about this? Because it's possible I'm completely wrong. So I caveated that with most of them and some may survive, right? But if I look back, that was, that was accurate. Blockchain and, and everything that's been built on it and will continue to be built on, I think it's outstanding, right? That, that not, never died and it won't die. So I think when we look at AI today, I do think this is, this is as dramatic, probably more dramatic than than, than us having access to internet. Well, maybe not, right? Because that connected us to begin with and this wouldn't exist without it. But I think we're going to see some really, so I'm not looking at it as a wave. Of course, like with anything else, there's going to be a lots, of, lots of bogus companies that, that get built. But I think it's, a true, it's truly just like blockchain technology. I think artificial intelligence of what's possible there and what can be done. And not just for... Again, not just for like the capital. I'm, a, I'm definitely a capitalist, but I love, like I said, businesses with a purpose and a mission. And I can, and the things you can do to predict, just like give people better health, right? There's a great, there's a great quote that I think I heard about from a friend of mine by Confucius. says like, a healthy man wants lots of things. A sick man, only one thing. I love, I love that. I, I talk so about true. my 10-year-old. So think about like solving, not just like longevity. I want to shoot some Botox and look really young <laughs> till I'm 75. But think about just like the ability to control disease and have personalized medical treatments. Just like I look at it, like for me, if you were asking me earlier, I think AI plus healthcare, like AI plus health tech, is something I would love to just like deeply look at. And again, I don't think I'm starting that business, but uh, that would be an area of interest. But everything else, man, I think there's just so much that we will see evolve uh, beyond health uh, with AI that I think it's not, it's not just a wave. I think it's, there's something truly magical here. Um, and, uh, and, and some, but you know, there'll be some, there'll be a few handful of bogus startups that, that are doing a chat app on top of a chat app on top of a chat app. <laughs> uh, but there's also going to be equally wonderful, I think, game-changing, world-changing, sort of impacting the planet in a, in a fundamental way. I think we'll also see that come out of this, this wave. It's, it's pretty phenomenal what, what we're about to see. I just feel lucky we're in this generation uh, that we're kind of starting to see a lot of this, right? Like, it's, there's been no, like, cohort of 50 or 100 years where they've seen this much evolution when it comes to technology that, that we've all had 
have had access to and will continue to. I mean, I, I'm, I'm right there with you in spirit in terms of where you stand on it. I remember a few ICOs that came and went that never amounted to anything. And it was, it was a cash grab for sure. It was, you know, and I'm sure someone had it. <laughs> ICO in many years. That just <laughs> I remember I was in a co-working space watching eight or 10, you know, ICOs and they were like, you need to get in on this. And I was like, man, I believe it, but I don't know something about it. Just, you know, in, intuition really hit hard during those days, man. Uh, which is funny to say in the world of tech. Um, but yeah, and hearing your, your, your stance on AI and like what it's doing with health, it's funny, just like construction, full circle to bring it to a close here. There are incumbents who just don't want things to change the way that they are for a number of reasons, whether it's financial, right? There's a lot of people that stand to lose a lot of money from making things better, right? To just not wanting to deal with the changing of the infrastructure because that's expensive, et cetera. Another version, an inversion of the financial thing, either losing money or losing money, if you will, right? By having to reinvest in infrastructure for a lot of people. Um, I can see how that might try to be an impediment to this, but something about AI as a force, like you said, similar to when the internet first hit, I don't think it's going to be stopped. There's just no way. There's too many people not only wanting to accelerate it, which is a hot, hot topic in itself, but just it's a force. And, and, and I believe it can be a force for good. But hey, you know, now we're getting into the weeds here. Uh, but I got to say, you know, I really enjoyed talking to you. I feel like you bring a really interesting and calming energy to all that you do. So I do want to encourage people again, although you, you know, you don't stay very active on social media, you did say that if people are going through things as founders and they need that kind of support from someone who not only understands their position, but maybe able to make a couple of introductions and maybe sweeten the deal or find something like that, like relevant things like that. If people really resonated with your message today, I encourage them to reach out to you because I, for one, feel like you're a very approachable person who brings a very serious yet understanding and creative uh, bent to discussion, conversation, ideation. The list goes on. Creation. So thank you so much, Ankush, for stopping by, man, chatting with me. Really made my morning, man. Thank you so much for having me. It's very kind of you. And, and yeah, looking forward to, to more time in the future and, and appreciate the time you've shared today.